0: Hayes. Hope not hate are basically controlling Britain. Hope not hate, an alluring name for those more concerned about social justice than truth. These backwards, these backward thinking virtue, sick virtue signalling, fake news creeps. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Hello again, everybody. Uh, Duncan Cahill here, sat once more with uh, Matthew Collins, uh, head of research intelligence at Hope Not Hate, um, head of oxymoron. Yes, indeed. Some people might say that. Some of us might agree with it. So, um, just a bit of a catch-up, I think, this week, Matthew, just to see what's what. A, 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 um, an audio far-right roundup, I guess we might call it, in in honor of your uh, ongoing blog, which we know they all love out there. Oh, far-right roundup, yeah, as loved by the National Front, yeah, particularly, yeah. So, you've written such a piece this week, um, titled yellow pests in peril as nazi link-up turns poisonous yes which which sounds interesting so do you want to just talk us through what the heck as they say that is all about right well
0: yes yes We everyone's very everybody everybody's a yellow vest aren't they um we've had bnp members on the yellow vests, national front members on the yellow vests then just Yellow Vests, then just Britain First in Yellow Vests. So the Yellow Vests has has this, we call it, I coined it as a DIY movement, was basically anybody with a problem or a theory or a conspiracy uh, dons a Yellow Vest and then they all agree in the same thing. But I think those people who sort of got involved in the Yellow Vest movement thinking it was a vehicle for change, even if it's not a progressive change, but a, a vehicle for change that it could address and redress Issues in people's lives are suddenly beginning to realise that because it's always patriotic, isn't it? I'm, I'm just i patri- am just being patriotic, and I believe Muslims have done this and they get away, but because I'm patriotic, etc. Yeah, etc. And, they, and they've
1: drawn in some real conspiracy theory, there's Five G, And there's a lot of stuff about yeah. um, so-called forced adoptions yeah. and, and whatever. So, Lots of other issues so, milling around.
0: Yeah. So, so people with genuine gripes and concerns who probably haven't had it articulated for them or have run up against a system or statutory agencies and bodies generally find that uh, a difficulty they might have grasping how the legal process or the political process works end up believing that there is a massive conspiracy and this is how you know this is why the yellow Vest took off they looked at france and said oh, look they're, they're out there doing something and and, and making changes and uh, for these sort of people, the, the the sad reality of it is that they, you know, because they're so disengaged from politics or the political process, that it is, um, is that they don't actually ever get to make ch- changes or don't understand how the changes work. You look at all the LFs milling around, chasing after Anna Soubry and all that, and saying she's a Nazi, and then everybody else who's not Anna Soubry is a, a, a communist. You see how you know they disengaged from the political process to actually disengage from proper political thought. Anyway, whatever. There are some people involved in the yellow vests who had, I I I think, really quite genuine gripes about their lot in society, and they found their way into this movement. Yeah. And, and also, the yellow vests attracted a, a, a number of conspiracy theorists and Nazis. And I'm going to say the yellow vests appear to be going the same way the EDL did, which is basically when you get your far-right conspiracy theorist uh, Muslim hater, but they don't really think they hate Muslims and they're just being patriotic, then they bump into the sort of hardline Nazis. So it's like when fascists meet Nazis, they discover Mm. they don't like the Nazis. And so what's happened, and it started happening late last year and early this year, is that there are people saying, hold on, our movement's been taken over by Nazis. Uh, there's Nazis involved in this. And I don't and I don't like Nazis. And um, we don't like Jew haters because one of the elements in this sort of conspiracy theory group is that Israel is a great country because it hates Muslims. And the Nazis hate Israel because it's full of Jews. And it's all, you know, again, it's all based on conspiracy. So what we're seeing are people who wave Israeli flags at Muslim demonstrations. We saw it quite recently on the... Uh, our Kudzmarts in in london we had sort of edl tommy robinson types down there to demonstrate against it and then we saw the Palestinian Solid the palestinian solidarity campaign march tony martin from the national front there to show he said solidarity with palestinians but not i would suggest because he likes palestinians but because he hates jews and he came up against other people from the yellow vests who were there because they said they supported israel so when the fascists meet the nazis and all the, all their daft ideas and of course and, and of course be perfectly clear on this whether they're supporting one side or the other or one country or, or whatever they know very little about what it is they're supporting and it's just based on their presumptions and and, and their prejudices and what's happened is a number of there, there a number of people in the yellow vest have said we don't want the national front involved they've said that um there's too many extreme far-right groups we know that britain first are involved. They don't seem to have a problem so much with Britain First because it has a black member. But uh, yeah, a number a, a number of them are now arguing about how much Nazi influence they have. Um what they're not what what they're saying is that their 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 own conspiracy theories about things that have happened to them are now being twisted by Nazis. And it it's coming to a it's coming to a head. The two particular players, Marion Rogers, who no, was previously involved in Pegida uh, and then uh, Tony Bugle from Mothers Against Sharia, quite quite minor figures, but it's all sort of spilt out from London to Manchester to Newcastle, because they, they, because you know they, they all of them seem to agree they don't like Muslims, uh, and but others are concerned that they might sound uh, a little bit racist for saying it if they. I'll team up with the national front i've condensed it because you could but 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 what i would say is what i would what i would say is when you looked at the way that the edl started and um there were people on the very really, really early edl demonstrations who were sort of people who'd wanted to go out for a very long time and shout about we don't like terror attacks and we're worried about this and that and no one had ever listened to them and they saw the edl and then they get in the edl and you know, drink, drugs, conspiracy theory. And then they meet these Nazis and say, oh, we don't particularly like Nazis. And that that's what's happening with the Yellow Vest, these sort of social movements that come off the internet and the conspiracy theories, and then they meet Nazis, some of whom, because, of course, lots of people from the EDL went on to then become Nazis. You know, it was a hotbed for, radical, for self radicalization And so there there is some resistance in the Yellow Vest uh, conspiracy theory movement. Um, that are saying can't we we just have our own conspiracy theories without being uh, subjected to Nazis it's kind of interesting too though I guess
1: I mean it's the same old scenario we've seen we've seen these people fall out and we've seen people being used and abused by such groups in the past but the yellow haven't got anything like the traction that the EDL had in 2009 2010 um well, does yeah, of course not, but the majority of people, because mm, of the... the but they, they still manage to all fall out. Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> but, but, because
0: they have, I I guess, like, this ridiculous nuisance value. And also, Stephen Lennon, Tommy Robinson, say what you want, he had a... There was something quite attractive about him, obviously, that a lot of people liked him or saw him as this cheeky, chappy, working-class bloke from Luton who owned Tannin salons and all that I mean, and you look at the yellow vests. I remember this infamous leaflet they put out: UK Yellow Vests and what we stand for. We stand for Brexit, child abuse, abuse of children in the system, homelessness, veterans' suicide, veterans on the streets, false adoption, universal credit sanctions, people starving, pensioners living in poverty, wrongful arrest, deaths in custody, and they said they stand for all that. So, 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 so the yellow vests are at a, at a difficult position and i think i think overwhelmingly obviously we've seen before britain have got people involved britain first got people involved but the national front have got people involved with some of the former infidels are involved with it obviously the old edl types are involved in it and we're just seeing sort of history um history repeating it repeating itself and that's where we are and it's problem it's going to be problematic i noticed that the uh democratic football lads alliance if you haven't seen Democrat Football Ads Alliance, have a look at the uh, England fans currently behaving in Portugal. You, that tends to be what they are. But they they issued a a, a statement which sort of says that there's it's, this this is an ongoing problem and it's picking up currency amongst a very very small number of people. But they issued a statement that they want nothing to do with the National Front and have never had anything to do with the National Front. Now, given that the Democratic Football Lads Alliance can put up to thousands on the streets as long as it's not football season time. And the last National Front March had about 16 people on it. Um, it, it, it shows you actually that there's, there's obviously weight in, in these arguments okay. and in these troubles, and we'll be doing our best, of course, behind the scenes to antagonise them. And, and the
1: DFLA have also um, embraced Jared Batten's Yes. Said, as was then as well. So it's not like they're averse to. The politics of the right—it's, uh, it's—I guess it's—it's it's almost like it's the brand, isn't it? It's the, the National Front brand. It, does it taint them? Do they not? Is—is it, it, is that it, or is it the ideology? It's—it's. Look,
0: so many people who are right wing go around saying, "Yeah, I'm, I'm right wing, but I'm not extreme right wing," and, and then they say things like, "But and I'm not racist," and you know, you see David coppin uh, he props up Fantastic. on. He pops up from national action to yellow vest marches uh, standing next to people giving Nazi salutes in Liverpool. But he's not racist because he's got a, a Chinese wife. Um, is th- th- also yes the difference between that sort of casual, almost mainstream racism. Now I don't like immigrants. I don't like foreigners. I don't like mm. the language. I don't like the color of the skin. Versus the National Front sort of chemical. You know, their scientific reasoning for. Uh, for racism your average national front member thinks he's racially and genetically superior whereas if you look at the average yellow vest
1: the, the, you know they're not superior to even the vest mm. well we, we'll get on to Tony martin in a minute and and uh, on that superiority idea but um just just sticking with the yellow vest just for now I and mean, one of the people i guess most closely associated with this kind of loose coalition has been um james goddard who yes. uh who does love a video um, and he's been in, He's been in Portsmouth this week. Um, he's been in Bristol this week. Um, and but don't
0: tell, don't tell the social. Yeah. Unless, he, uh, unless he was looking for must, work.
1: Must have been handy for yeah, for sign on days. Put um, your hand of the your, other variety as well. Put work. your
0: hands in your pocket,
1: PayPal people. He needs another yeah. trip. So yeah, the PayPal patriot. He. Um, he also turned up in Manchester for the uh, European as, election count. As did I. I, yes, went, to Manche- I went to Manchester I'm, for the European election count. And, and was it a beautiful, beautiful thing? Because I believe you had the uh, the um, pleasure of engaging in intellectual discourse with Mr Goddard. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, yes. Um, yeah, he said, why do you say I'm right-wing? And my response was... Um, well, it's the, the social and economic reasons, I guess, or fascist, or to be a fascist, and in in with the greatest respect, I think in Godard's health, there's mental health reasons in his respect to him, mental health. Reasons.
1: There's certainly some narcissistic behaviour going on there, um, yeah. and he does hang around with some interesting characters as well. Maybe, maybe miss my train, by the way. Well, that's rude. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. Um, Back to the National Front. Oh. Um, so, what's going? <laughs> what is going on? Is there anything left? What's going on there? We talked about Tony Martin, brains of the uh, of the outfit, being yes, at the yes. uh, PSC in London. Maybe Tony Martin
0: is not as daft as I thought he was. No, he is definitely as daft as I thought he was. But the the National Front's problematic since Tony Martin took it over, and um, he seems to spend a lot of a lot of time carousing. Um, the national front really has just ground to a standstill its membership now is below 70 can't say how I know that wink queen but it's now below it's now below 70 and those people who remain in the national front are sort of emailing each other with uh, comments and suggestions recently that was suggested i believe that they uh, approach the bnp for a merger which of course is not really ever going to happen but there's nothing happening there and since the local elections last month where the national front Performed as we expected, but I don't think as they expected. Um, it's completely ground to a standstill. And Tony Martin from Croydon, he's still travelling around the country with his video camera. He appears at just about everything. He even went to the uh, commemorate you know, the the anniversary of David Copeland's attack on the Admiral Admiral Duncan pub. He went there to film it. Now, uh, that's poor taste, given the, the sort of links that the National Front and the BNP had to David Copeland. But Tony Martin's around, whereas the rest of the National Front has, you know, we're on on the verge of another split, if not death, of the party. And what's interesting is um Jordan Pont, who is the deputy chairman of the National Front, and that, that gives you a, a fair grasp of... Hope. Head of security, was he now? We Yeah, he's got promoted from head of security. He's, uh, he's taken to the internet. He recently got 30 votes in a local election, which is less than 1%. He put his heart and soul, and he believed he was going to be elected uh, as a councillor. Um, he was on the internet last week, chastising someone from his lofty perch as I'm the deputy leader of the National Front and Matthew Collins was never a member of the National Front. And I was offended. (laughs) So this bloke said to him, Matthew Collins wrote a book. It's in the book. It was in the National Front. Rubbish. He made it up. And it's like, oh, my God, if only that was true. Um, So, yeah, there's definitely trouble there. I think the people who are still trying to hold the National Front together are pulling their hair out. At the uh, sorry state the National Front is in. And to be honest, it's 51, 52 years. 51 years, whatever. It is. Yeah, 52 years. Uh, the National Front has been in some sorry states. But it is um, almost completely dead now. Um, I saw Richard Edmonds going to court a couple of weeks ago. And he, did, he didn't look... Uh, even though it gave him a new coat, he didn't look particularly. He didn't look particularly well. So it it it, it it's bad news. It, it's bad news for him. Incidentally, of course, the, other than the Remembrance Sunday shuffle, I should just the the National Front's last major outing was Wakefield in two thousand and eighteen, and they got seven people turn up for the march, and that was when Kevin Bryan quit as leader.
1: Still better than David Coppin, then.
0: Yeah, David Coppin, of course. Yeah, who <laughs> David David Coppin, He had been on TV this week. Obviously, he was out. Uh, welcoming President Trump to the UK. Uh, good to see him. Didn't take his Chinese wife with him because he was no. hanging around with... Uh, you know, he never took his, his Chinese wife to his National Front or National Action Marches, but he was out there welcoming uh, Donald Trump to Britain.
1: Yeah, I believe he got locked into a weather pub, which must have been paradise for him. Been, yeah, because he's normally down that one in, in Margate. Mechanical weather. Yeah, that one, yeah. Uh, right, OK, uh, um the other thing that's caught my eye um over the past week or so was um there was a programme on uh BBC Spotlight in ah, yes. Northern Ireland. Um which was well, I think an eye opener.
0: Um BBC, for those who don't know, I think you can actually still get the the, the programme on um iPlayer. iPlayer or I think someone's very kindly put it on YouTube. It's it's Northern Ireland's um, sort of version of Panorama, which yeah. comes out every Tuesday night. Very good.
1: And the subject of that programme was Britain First. Yes, it was. And yes. its presence um, in Northern Ireland. And it was quite extraordinary in the... Uh, I mean, just the, the general tenor of the programme, just the general kind of broad he did, a, he did a very, He did a very, very yeah. good job. But what... What really kind of stands out is, I guess, what Jada Franson, who was deputy leader of Britain first, um, the allegations that she made in that programme, particularly towards the end. um, Basically, and corroborated, first of all. I mean, we should play
0: it now so people can hear um, the particular bit. What you're about to hear is one clip from a 40-minute secret recording that was made in late 2015. During the full 40 minutes, Jada Franson
1: is talking to Paul Golding about the violent attacks he has been carrying out on her. Not once in the full 40 minutes does Paul
0: Golding deny her repeated claims of the violent assaults.
1: This morning's proved we can't live together. Because you're violent? Whatever, for whatever reason, we can't live together. So you can hit me and then tell me I've got to leave my home? no. What, what happened this morning? And you weren't—you weren't innocent. I didn't—I didn't come near you. You fucking—you tried to come at you Tried to hit me. Said you're going to kill me for well, you a understand. bottle of drink at my face. Driving someone mentally crazy is just as bad as, phys, as physically. Really? No, no. Everyone drives you crazy, so you beat them. The That's two, your excuse. The only two girls I've laid a finger on in my life is fing <inaudible> in you, and <inaudible> is an horrible.
0: Jada and Jada Franson basically said that. Uh, during her relationship with Paul Golden, at times she was locked in rooms by him. And also she was the victim of domestic violence. Um, but I don't think that was particularly horrendously shocking for people to hear that. She also corroborated allegations that Britain first do not declare tax, do not pay tax on its yeah. on its income. It was a substantial income, in fact, um, from its merchandising arm and and operation what was a little bit disappointing was that some people upon hearing that franson had been the victim of domestic violence uh sort of some people not all people but you saw you saw some responses on social media where people you think know better were just saying good yeah she deserves it she she's involved in a violent organization she directed violence against people and i i I think um if I ever had any sympathy for Jada France, and it was, of course, that she was the, yeah, the victim of domestic violence, how that might have played out in, in her actions. But the, the upshot of it is, according to the programme, if you can download it and watch it, is that and appears now to be living in Northern Ireland and is planning to, to live in Northern Ireland for the rest of her life. She doesn't appear to be getting involved in any more party politics or stunts. Whether she maintains it or not, I don't know. Um, but the BBC Spotlight alleged as well that the loyalist paramilitaries had tired of Britain first and had asked them to leave the province. So, really worth, uh, really yeah. worth watching. progress.
1: Yeah, I definitely recommend it. And as you say, it's uh, the France and, um, performance, not appearance. Um, yeah, I think yeah, surprising. It, surprising. It, it, a surprising appearance, but oh, as you say, I think one of the thing about that is actually getting away from the kind of very brash, very loud, very aggressive stance that we've seen her before in, in you know, standing in in, in front of um, Britain first supporters. She was much more kind of fragile. Um, she, was a uh, bit, she was a bit fragile, point. but, but, but every time she that. opened her mouth, she still said something, I think, a yeah. little... Oh, yeah. But, I, you know, I agree with what you're saying in terms of people who would kind of revel in somebody being the victim of um domestic abuse really needs to have a word with themselves yes so that's not what we're about um let's stay in northern ireland um because our old friend Jack Sen of the jackson five um <laughs> yes. i believe has also uh popped his uh his little head up over there yeah well yeah,
0: i did i did write about it earlier yeah he's he's living in the republic fully enough but in the, it's the it's north of ireland but it's not northern mm. ireland as, as we know it's not the six counties um he's been living uh near a particular airport in the in or he had been living near a particular airport uh in sort of northern ireland um and the irish police had raided his home and recovered some items and we never heard more of it ever again and uh then the next thing we hear, you know, we see him, he's on this uh, surprisingly good. I'll take my hat off to, 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 to the woman who had to go and do it, um, sleeping with the far right. But actually, it's in the Republic of Ireland where still Jackson um is at it. Um, the IREXIT campaign, which is uh, sort of uh, people in the Republic of Ireland who want to leave the EU. So they're calling it IREXIT and mm. like our Brexit uh, I've, I've been running this this campaign, and who should turn up but as the person behind their website, the person who administers the website of the IRExit campaign, but Jack Sen, Mr Dilip Sen Gupta is his real name, you will recall, for purposes of joining UKIP and um, the British National Party uh he changed his name to jack sen but he he is you know he's of mm-hmm. an anglo bengali extraction and it it seems that jack sen who was uh part of the liberty defenders and the european knights project and previously although i'm not sure now close to nick Griffin, was was actually the person administering uh this this website so the exit campaign i thought yeah it's quite interesting because you know obviously mm-hmm. we were in we were in ireland for for a week we met a lot of comrades over there and had I you know, had chats often, you know, about Brexit and, and things like that. And they said that the influence of you know, we talk about we have major problems here about conspiracy theory, yellow vests and all those people attaching themselves to UKIP and then attaching themselves to this idea of the Brexit betrayal. A lot of the a lot of the people in Ireland who are an IREXI tend to seem, you know, in my opinion, sort of um think oh that's a good way to sort of uh, try and get a uh, an exit here in, in Ireland, and there's a, a number of really, really uh, interesting things as well. Of course, um, Dublin Airport has been targeted by uh, a woman called Gemma O'Doherty. Uh, mm, yeah. She's a was a formerly a quite a well-known Irish journalist, and she did some, some some big stories with the Irish Independent. And then she she ran for president or something. It didn't go very well. And now suddenly she's this uh, quite high-profile she's become a conspiracy theorist. I don't know what happened to a previously good journalist, and um, so she's putting out a lot of this stuff. I remember after the Christchurch killings, and then some other quite awful things. She's been retweeting the, you know, these people that go around and say they're all actors. So, right. it, these, these actors, and, and it was quite funny when we were there. She went into the uh, she went into the faith the faith room at Dublin Airport and took a photograph and said, "Look, there's no crosses in here." <laughs> Jubail uh, Airport is under the control of communists, sort of Marxist communists, Islamist communists, or, or, or something like that. And Dublin, Dublin Airport, which of course you yeah, know is, 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 a, is, a, is a big hub, um, what you wouldn't have thought would bother responding, but it gives you an idea of how you know what Gemma says. People here uh, just basically um, responded to her hi Gemma it's a multi-faith room and it's open to people of all faiths and indeed to those who have none there is also a catholic church (laughs) you could you could have gone to while you were you were at dublin airport but 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 there you go so yeah uh, yeah quite quite interesting times in ireland we'll be doing a bit uh, a little bit more a little bit more work around that certainly in in the republic there you know there there are rumblings you know, and there have been like their Pege you know, they tried to start a Pegida, it got run out of town, yeah. but you know there are some people there who are quite
1: uh, persistent on uh, that just i mean and on jack Sen is the IREXIT campaign being as successful as everything else he's been involved with yeah, well mm <laughs> <laughs> I hear. Uh,
0: I I I remember he invited all these uh, Irish far right figures over to visit him in Southport for a massive conference, and they all were very excited. They were going, well, God, we're going! This. We're, yeah, <laughs> we're going to we going to Britain for this massive uh, conference about you know uh, getting rid of Muslims or whatever." And um, he just took them to the Wetherspoons forum and they all got pissed. That was that was his far right conference. So so anyway, that, that so that yeah, that was my trip to the Republic, which I might write up a little bit. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I have been to Southport and got pissed, uh, and it's a good day out. Yeah. So you know, and if you're in, a, if you're also as well, if you're in uh, Southport, of course, is, is where the uh, uh, the flute
1: bands march once a year. They so do, yeah, did you do that as well? well I didn't do that. I oh. didn't do that. Right, it okay. was a it Fair was right. a fleeting a fleeting uh, a fleeting flute visit. visit. Yes. Um, OK, so now, from, um, from Northern Ireland to Four Britain uh, run... Mm. Uh, well, actually, from Ireland to for Britain, run by Dublin-born Anne Marie Waters. Um... Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anne Marie Waters. It always makes me laugh because as a seamless segue, there. Obviously, I, I, obviously, I've
0: got Irish parents, and 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 you know, as much as they love Britain or not, depending on what day of week it is, they'd never, they'd never uh, go, we and our culture, you know. But yeah, Anne Marie Waters, <laughs> standing up, standing up for Britain. Good for you, so, Anne Marie.
1: So, you've been suggesting that um eddie butler um might be a little bit unhappy uh uh he's either in or or, or with the party yeah so firstly why why is he important and what's going on what what why is he an unhappy chappy oh well well, first of all eddie eddie butler's unhappy he seems to always be
0: unhappy um he's quite ambitious He, he joined the i think it was the nf first or the bmp i can't remember in East London, in like the early to mid '80s, I think he's been around for a very, very long time. And he was actually the person who convinced the BNP it could it couldn't should take elections seriously, particularly in around East London. And he was one of the people that you know, sort of led the Rights for Whites campaign, which eventually saw the BNP elected in the Isle of Dogs in 1993. He can you know, he he he. he took advantage of housing situations, you know, instead of like the BNP just saying all black and Asian people steal homes and jobs, there was an acute housing shortage and he said we must take this message to the doorstep. And of course not like the BNP didn't want to do that. They were sort of more interested in ethnically cleansing. But so Butler was responsible for getting the BNP elected or Derek Beacon elected into the Millwall Ward on the Isle of Dogs in ninety three. And he kept pushing and pushing quite a, a modernizing uh, attitude in the BMP, and it was Eddie Butler, I think it was 93 or 94 when Nick Griffin got back into the BNP and he he saw the BMP as a place where he could continue his long standing rants against international jury and Zionism and, and all this and it was actually Eddie Butler who went to Griffin and said look we can work together and we could start getting people elected and so he was, I believe... One of the people who influenced Nick Griffin that you know the BNP had an electoral potential. So he's always been considered as you know one of the people, a moderniser, as was Tony Lacomba, who modernised the BNP, helped get rid of John Tyndall, and turned the BNP into you know an electoral an electoral concern. So after being after falling out with Nick Griffin and leaving the BNP, Eddie Butler's been around a lot of places. The English Democrats, where he tried the same thing, he tried to convince them to get involved in electoral politics. He's now ended up in Fort Britain, which is run by Anne-Marie Waters. He's recruited to Fort Britain down down in Essex, the east end of London and out into Essex. Uh, a sizable chunk of people who were previously um, involved with the BNP down in that part of the world. And Butler does not like Stephen Lennon and Tommy Robinson. And so during the local elections, he made a, a number of comments, I think, which were about the quality of for Britain's merchandise, the quality of for Britain's leafleting, the quality or lack of quality of um, its membership uh, away from his old BNP friends. You know, comments, I believe, about you know people in for Britain wear tinfoil hats. He is an election, as far as these people are concerned, he's an election supremo and strategist. And for Britain didn't you know didn't engage in electoral process as much as he thought it should. And he keeps dropping these hints about Amory Waters. You know, uh, she went up to see Stephen Lennon launch his disastrous campaign in Manchester, and then she drove down to Essex and sort of placated Eddie by buying him a pint and being a photograph with him. But he continually makes these digs about uh, Amory Waters' obsession with Tommy Robinson and Stephen Lennon, and. It's coming to the fore now because his friend Julian Leppert's been elected. Was elected. Uh, for Britain got two people elected in the local elections. One of them is Julian Leppert, and that has given Butler and his people, um, I think, more strength for their arguments inside the party that Marie Walker should dump, should dump Stephen Lennon, Tommy Robinson. He made a point last year uh, that Lennon was offered the opportunity to join For Britain, but instead ran off to join. Or to try and join UKIP, you know, he became their their rape advisor, um, and so Butler's nose has been put out as it was by Stephen Lennon. But of course, when the BNP collapsed, Lennon's EDL was on the rise, and and and, and so anyway, he's t- he was talking about the Peterborough by-election, and I, I think he made a bit of a swipe at uh, Emery Waters again uh, about how little money is coming out for Britain into its electioneering. His quest- getting the question whether she's interested in anyone else getting elected bar herself. Um, so he was talking about UKIP and the Brexit Party, the you know, sort of populist parties and the Peterborough elections, and he said, unfortunately, the populist opposition rarely, if ever, understands nitty-gritty politics and accordingly doesn't put resources into it as they don't think it's important. Now, he's talking about For Britain there. He's talking yeah. about, about Anne-Marie Waters and... I'm thinking that I'm thinking very, very soon. Given that he is very, very close to what, only one, yeah, you know, one of its elected officials that for Britain will probably be splitting. He does not like um, this tie-up that's going on
1: with Amory Watts. Has, I mean, he's got a point, surely, about this in terms of electoral presence, because they did make it but didn't they say they were going to stand up in 40 candidates yeah, they, or whatever, but, whatever for Britain in...
0: said it. For Britain said it would, it would stand a full slate in, in West Yorkshire, I think or that was what right. they were, they were rumoured to, they, they to do they, Amory was, they, yeah, they do have members and they do have supporters I think these are the people where the um, uh, tinfoil hat Comments w- w- was directed at when it came to them putting up candidates for fighting elections. Few of those people wanted to do it. These yeah, are people yeah. who were in UKIP not for political reasons, but for cultural and mm. and, and social reasons. So, Butler, desperate, uh, I, I I think for his uh, to finally have an opportunity to lead uh, to lead a far right party. There was rumours he was going to stand against
1: Nick Griffin, wasn't there? And then eventually Andrew Bruns stood against Griffin. Talking of Mister Griffin rather hmm. seamless segues. so um, I think we touched on this in the past but uh, you know still much uh, muttering about the, the idea of him launching a new party what's what's going on with that well yeah I think the I think the uh, local election
0: results pretty poor for you know the, the extreme far right they didn't they didn't really put much into it Griffin's still pushing a line that it's pointless uh, fighting these these elections The condition is not being right in a lot of ways he's absolutely accurate um, because there's just not room, you know, Brexit, I and mean, you filling up that uh, that part of the electoral spectrum. But Griffin wants back into Griffin wants back into politics, and it, it's it's it, it's coming closer and closer. And in September, there's a BNP reunion where former BNP members will all get together. Initially, it was going to be in Blackpool; it's now moved elsewhere in the northwest, um, and they're all going to get together and get drunk and talk about people they don't like. Now, of course, the BNP was a substantial party, so let's be very, very clear. Probably some of the people who we know won't be going. In fact, the list of people who aren't going includes Eddie Butler, Mark Collett, Simon Darby, Patrick Harrington, Andrew Walker, Martin Walker, Pete Malloy. But a a, a sizable Nick Griffin fan base of people who are lamenting the death of the BNP um, and also that you... Want Griffin to re enter into politics, it's sizeable, so they're having this shindig in September. And it's likely um, Griffin would announce then the formation, if not of a political party, then of a a movement. And Griffin would make himself like president. But they're they're all still working it out, and you know, obviously, I can't go into too many details, but um, yeah, you know, and they're selling tickets for it. And what and basically, what happens is I don't know, they bring out a big cake. Saying BNP, Nick jumps out of it. yeah, BNP, thirty-five <laughs> years of disaster, and then Nick Griffin jumps out the cake and and um, sings Happy Birthday, Mr. President. But yeah, that is coming, and that and that would sh- and that would sh- I think shake things up quite a bit, whether it's an electoral party or not, or whether Griffin just thinks if you still love me, send me money. I don't know, but it, yeah, it, it's coming. He's coming. He wants to ride back and say he was proven right, and I guess he was proven right about the BNP in the end.
1: Mm, yeah. Okay, now, I can't seamlessly segue into the next and closing item on this surely seem to be award-winning podcast. (laughs) Are you going to vote for it? The, um... The, uh... we did we we not cover... um, Sorry, I'm just thinking... You're an amateur. I am an amateur, and there goes the trophy and the awards and the accolades. Mm. Before we go to our final item let's just go back a couple of steps because right. we were talking um about uh britain first jada franson yeah uh mm. all the be the spotlight thing program but there's also come out um uh, uh it, i know what happened the there
0: you got confused between northern ireland and the
1: republic of I ireland don't get confused by northern because ireland you said, you said ireland. jack was, sam was in northern ireland I th- no i said he was in ireland yeah, the okay. island of ireland right okay uh but i forgot that something really because it's brand new hot off the press that there is um, now uh, it's been in the the papers today uh, today being uh, June the 6th Um, D-Day anniversary D-Day anniversary yes Yes. Um, and uh, there's been a a Department of Justice um, review of hate crime in uh, Northern Ireland and there's a suggestion that there may be some uh, new laws around the corner can you just Fill that out a little bit.
0: Yes, you can. It's 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 interesting. I think you was going to tag this onto the discussion about Britain first. I was no doubt no, it'll get edited back and it'll all be fine. No, it won't. <laughs> Camera boy's already going to have to struggle putting in that that uh, that sound grab. Uh, yeah, new laws around racist abuse and the display of parliamentary flags could emerge in a review of hate crime legislation in Northern Ireland. The Department of Justice has asked a judge to oversee the work of a group of experts and report in a year's times so nothing listen nothing in northern ireland ever happens quickly there are uh, uh, approximately 1500 hate crimes reported a year in in northern ireland and i, I think that's quite high
1: yeah.
0: but let, let, let me caveat that there are some communities in northern ireland where you don't uh, make reports to the psni um because it a lack of trust, and you know, culturally, you might not report things, and are dealt with, are dealt with elsewhere and otherwise. So I would suggest it's probably more than fifteen hundred hate crimes. Also, it's not hate crimes are not recorded as racist crimes or racist incidents. A hate crime is a hate crime, so that includes um, things like sectarian. sectarian Stuff is also hate hate crime. Mm-hmm. They could probably do with breaking that down to get a better, a, a better picture.
1: But of course, faith based crime and hate crime yeah, yeah, you yeah, probably yeah. have the same problem. Here. But, I mean, that's part of this review as well, isn't it? To look at actually what the hate crime is. Yes. I guess in the context in the specific context of Northern Ireland, where, where there are issues, um, myriads. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> the, the 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 so that's to be I think that's that's
0: to be that's to be welcomed. Yeah. Um, but we live in England, so it's not for us to comment on on yeah. things happening in Ireland. But what was interesting um, on, on my way into the office today was talking with someone on on the on the phone in Northern Ireland. They were sort of saying this will be problematic, and in fact, they used uh, Britain First as an example. Um, there are some there are some things, even what we would consider being very English and posh, I guess. Yeah, but there are there are some things that are enshrined under the, the Good Friday Agreement, which um, allow people to have um, certain views or memberships or aspirations that potentially might be, be tr- might be troubling. And one of the, the sort of groups to take advantage of that are Britain First. They went to Northern Ireland um, because they felt the Good Friday Agreement would protect them from things like being kicked off Facebook, being banned by PayPal. And I'm sure that these judges and these experts who who are going to work on it would would have to be very, very mindful that some people, and I guess a group like Britain First, um, which would be subject to a clampdown on its activities, would be able to throw back things about hate crime and uh, displaying of paramilitary flags and or uniforms on occasion. That actually, under the Good Friday Agreement, you know, it says mm. you can do that. It actually doesn't, but they're still, you know. There are arguments about it, and, and um, we should get my friend Steve Moore on one day, and, and then he can talk to us about flags and uniforms. He's very into uniforms. Mm. He's probably
1: better at this than I am, as well, as we've seen. Today. No, 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 he's not. No,
0: Steve just <laughs> asks questions, doesn't interact. Right. <laughs> and that's a fact. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, well, by the way, na- Steve, if you are listening, come and see me at Glastonbury Sunday morning on left field. Yes. Me, Where, and, me, um, and, Billy, me and Billy Bragg, Glastonbury and some other excellent people uh, discussing how to beat the far right. I think I, I, I do think, believe
1: the forecast is good as well. For the Sunday. Well, for the weekend, I believe. Sunday
0: at Glastonbury. So I'll, I'll be I'll be there on the left field. Billy Bragg and some other excellent speakers. I'll be talking about all kinds of things.
1: All kinds of things yeah yeah, yeah. well please do re- record that for posterity and it, oh i guess one of the key topics on your um at glastonbury. at glastonbury when you make your starring appearance uh would be um the book that you've published which i believe hope not hate has mentioned once or twice on social media yeah um, boy uh, yeah so nazi terrorist yeah uh, the book yeah. which has uh i know received some uh great publicity in terms of you know Positive endorsement of the work that you and and um, Hannah no Hay did in breaking that terror plot. That's very kind of you to say. Really well, hard. I'm sat opposite from you. I feel like I should be nice. Let but me tell you, hold on. Let
0: me tell you about Ireland, right? Difference oh. between Britain and Ireland. Do a book launch in Ireland. Forty six people turn up. You sell fifty three books. Do a book launch in England. One hundred and seven people turn up. You sell nine books. <laughs> It does sound about right. Does sound about right. And and hey. I said to uh, Eamon, I said, "Oh, I sold a lot of books." He said, back in book gosh!" And I said, "Yeah, you should go to the English book launch. We'd never bother." So, uh, thank you, Ireland, and thank you, RTE, who put me on. I nearly got on the Late Show, but Kylie was on, so they kicked me off or something.
1: So, so, uh, so just as a oh, as yeah. a final wrap up, how is the book going? Is it uh, the old hot cakes job? Yes, uh, Nazi Terrace is selling very very well, and um,
0: we've given it to some shops. Um, because we're aware that some, you know, we want you know, Nazis want to buy it and they don't want to buy it from us. <laughs> um, so uh, can I just say that you can get it from Colton Books in Glasgow. You can get it from Bookmarks, which is the big socialist bookseller in London. Um, that's somewhere in Belfast, somewhere in Dublin, and somewhere in Leeds as well are selling it. And uh, yeah, I hope you, I hope you like Nazi Terrorist. The uh, second edition has now been put off. Um, but um, you'll you'll see why soon. But yeah, thank you, thank <laughs> you, thank you. we, well, we, we can reprint. We just can't update. Yes. Um, so yeah, thank you very much. Everyone's bought Nazi Terrorists. A, it's a great book, and of course, that's um, paying for Robbie's dancing lessons,
1: <laughs> which, 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 let's face it, he needs. <laughs> so, yeah. Did you see him dancing, Robbie? Robbie, Robbie, come on, man, <laughs> uh, shake them hips. Right. Well, I think on that bombshell has. As the old Alan Partridge show would have. uh, Uh Pub is open. Pub is becking, the sun is shining. Um, Let's go get a pint of Fuller's. See you later.